speed, agility, power. I'm a big fan of these things. All of the performance I demand for myself on the ice is here. Handles all of my needs in dynamic fashion. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of Roxy Fever. I am your host, Jackson McDonald. With me, very importantly, are... The Austrian. And And we have breaking news at the time of the recording of this episode. One of the rare cases uh, of important news dropping actually right before we record, instead of immediately after. Uh, But I can't say uh, that in this case I'm happy about it, uh, because... I mean, I guess which one of you was watching the game? Uh, I, uh, of course, oh, I Elliot. saw it on Twitter. I okay, I'm continuing to uh, remain on strike, although I think now I have to stop uh, from watching Canucks games. Uh, but I guess during the intermission just a moment ago, uh, John Garrett Cheech announced who will be retiring at the end of the season. Uh, Fuck. Yeah, this one, this so one, bad. this hurts. This really, really hurts. It wasn't uh, supposed to happen like this. Literally, uh, earlier when we were, uh, I think Jackson, when you like took a break in our Heritage Minute episode, yeah. I pulled up his hockey DB, looked at when Garrett retired because we had just seen a clip from when yeah. Ojek did the penalty shot. Garrett was doing the color. I assume he was doing the color for the Flames that game. Maybe. Probably, because yeah. he did say that he was doing the Canucks from 2002. That might okay. have been sports specific. Yeah. I might be Still, wrong. Still though, just insane. It also like, might have just been like when he was doing it every game, right? Or, or it could have been. It True. could have even been the like that clip could even be the because they do this sometimes, right? It's the radio clip. Right. Um, oh yeah. Sometimes because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's what you can get the get the rights for or whatever. Or I don't know. But yeah, when the clip that we watched uh, of Ojek scoring on the penalty shot had Garrett doing the uh, the the color commentary for it, and. Yeah. Well, we anyway, were just I, remarking I, on how long he's been, you know, in broadcasting, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and I'd see, I'd seen that he had just turned about seventy-one or seventy-two years yeah. old, and I was like, yeah, he he's got like another five in him. He could he could give us another five. I, I was thinking confident. that too. This yeah. was an hour ago. I felt that I, I thought about his longevity. And, Suddenly, we got this news. I mean, it's it makes sense, but it's uh, it's deeply it's sad. a tragedy. It's not the team's fault, but it's the team's fault for wasting the last ten years of his career for sucking so much. Yeah. yeah, and and I will say too, like uh, maybe this is a going out on top thing because obviously he is getting older, and you know, I mean, I I hope and he, getting hotter. Ah, uh, yeah, I hope he enjoys his retirement so much. I hope. He eats so many uh, burgers <laughs> from Big Wheel Burger that have only mustard and ketchup on them. Um, did I ever ever tell you guys that I made a burger for John Garrett? Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, once. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. may have been the first thing you ever said about yourself to me. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna work my Delta British Columbia connections and try to find out where he lives. I want to. <laughs> I'm going to like leave a bouquet at his door, but the bouquet will be the fine products that he enjoys the most yes absolutely i love i love that like yeah an edible arrangement but it's just craft dinner <laughs> and heinz ketchup <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, I mean, ah, man, like I, I, the thing that that strikes me about it is just that he's still so good at it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. there are so many guys who, and I mean, yeah, he's a total homer or whatever, but that's what you, you, you know, there's a reason he does there's the Canucks. A, there's broadcast. good homers and bad homers on broadcast teams, for right? For sure, like, and he, you never see him. He's not like the kind of guy who whines about calls or like stuff like that. He's just like. He wants to talk about the Canucks and talk about how great the Canucks are, which is honestly like a nice like reprieve from what the games have been like for most of the past 10 years. But he's still so good at it. Like he 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 really um he's still very lively. He's got a great sense of humor. Uh he is he's, he can break down plays like it's it's just um uh, you know, good for him I guess for going out on top like while he's still so good at it because obviously like um I mean, all the love in the world to guys like Bob Cole, but like he, you, you noticed with him by the, by the end of his tenure that like, oh man, this guy really can't do it anymore. Even though like he, there's a lot of, there's still a lot of there, there, there's still a lot of stuff to like about Bob yeah. Cole calling a game at 81 years old or whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm sympathetic yeah. to why he might want to do it, but, uh, um, what a, what a just bummer. Um, yeah. I I will miss him so much. Do you guys have a favorite Cheech? Like, we, we're going to do... So, we just finished recording. I'll just plug it right now. Fuck it. Plugs right off the hop. We just finished recording. Uh, finally, our Heritage Minute on Gino Ojuk for the Patreon. Subscribe to patreon.com slash Roxy Fever. Um, but we decided immediately when the news came down that we were going to... That's our next Patreon episode is we're going to do a, a full John Garrett uh, episode probably centered around his appearance at the all-star game, which is one of the most amazing things that's ever uh, happened in Canucks history. Um, and we will, we will work our phones and get him on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I, we, I, have, I, we have our leads. We have I can do leads. it. Yeah. I think I can do it. So we're going to, I'm going to try my best to do that as well in the off season after he's sailed off into the sunset. Um, but he should get his own food show. Absolutely. I, I got I got a feeling that he's not actually that picky, but he just knows what he likes. Yeah, so I, I think so. I'm imagining yeah. like he's like he tries chutney for the first time or like yeah. sriracha at yes. like 73 years old and loves it. And just it. reacting and, to it. Yeah. Just reacts, that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Just John feeding. Garrett Mukbang. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um but uh, do you guys have a have like a favorite John Garrett moment or story or just like, you know, anything you can think of about <laughs> Cheech that like that like stands out to you um, as we as we remember the guy, the guy, the man of Canucks history. Yeah. I don't I don't have one. But off the top, I just remember you putting on his voice. Maybe it was a tweet about if Safeway sold weed. Okay, I'm John, pulling it up John right Garrett. now because I was <laughs> okay. trying to I was trying to kill time while I searched for it. Okay, um, I was just gonna say I just love like there's been a lot of really really bad hockey the Canucks have played over the past ten years now, undeniably. And sometimes John and John get bored of it, just like we all do, and they give us story time, and that's that's excellent when they just get completely sidetracked because it's yeah. like. 4-1, it's against the Blues in like April or March, and you're just like, why is this season still going on? And they're just like, yeah, so uh, I went to the store the other day, and you're like, yeah, perfect. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turn the volume they're up. Out, they, they, <laughs> yeah. they move the ketchup. Yes, turning the volume up every time they talk about craft <laughs> dinner or food. I, I remember there was a time like, 
Like my favorite thing that happens is when they're broadcast and I feel like it doesn't happen as much anymore, but like when the broadcast would be sponsored by a food that John Garrett likes. Yeah. Wonderful. You, you can hear his smile. And just, uh, just <laughs> talking about like, I remember when it was, there was a time for sure when it was sponsored by Kraft dinner and like, he would just get so excited and he would tell like his, his latest, uh, um, his latest craft dinner story, whatever it was. Um, and I remember, I remember, uh, Dan, uh, Dan Murphy, when he was on the show too, telling yeah. the story about how, like, they went to like Chicago or like New York or something like a amazing, uh, great food, food city. city. And, uh, and he was like, yeah. And we, we got there and I'm thinking like, oh, we could go to like, you know, this fucking local place or whatever, like world famous, yada, yada, yada. And John and John are like cheesecake factory. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> fucking amazing at least we still have shorty and at least we still have dan that's what i will say absolutely um, and i'm putting i'm just i'm planting my flag in the sand right now it has to be kevin bxa you have to do it guys it should be pay it him absolutely should, be. should be. pay him whatever it needs to be take to fucking bring him back here get him out of this wherever he lives loves LA spending money on washed up free agents and that Absolutely. is exactly what kevin bx is right <laughs> yes now. yes this is the time this is the time to pay big money to acquire the veteran right-handed defenseman <laughs> who can't play hockey anymore yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right that's right um buy out, so buy out oel and then get, awesome. get him on board this is from October 31st, 2018. So this might be the first time we ever actually interacted on Twitter. <laughs> um, uh, and so the context for this, unfortunately, roughly, yeah. unfortunately, the tweet is deleted because you your tweets auto delete. But um, tweet, yeah. the uh, the the context for this was um, I can't remember what they were talking about exactly, but somehow something related to weed came up and i think it was like a double entendre or whatever and yeah we were joking about the safeway score and win yes and, and so how, what so, would happen yes. under legalization what happened is that is that uh john garrett um said basically like like i i wish i could remember the context but 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 shorty said something about like you know uh like this is wrong but i'm just using it as an example of like the type of thing that it was where it's like referring to like some guy having just cashed in and made a ton of money just being like oh he's really raking in the green or whatever and then john garrett goes well you know now that it's legal as like a little quip and people flipped like people mm. were like uh like laughing their asses off because you know john garrett a uh, nickname cheech because cheech. of because of his <laughs> mustache quote yeah uh, i'm sure that's gotta be much like how one. kevin bx has nicknamed juice for his uh pineapple juice yeah flavor. exactly yeah yeah um and, and that's uh and, be question one when we get him on absolutely yeah no yeah. um and so uh vias made made some kind of quip about uh like imagining uh like safeway selling legal weed and um and John Garrett uh, having to do the the reads for uh, the Safeway score and win after someone scores a goal, and then and then I just said, uh, congratulations to our latest winner of Safeway score and win, Jane Parsons of Pit Motos, who've won an eighth of Acapulco gold. 
<laughs> yeah. Which yeah. I think I think this also ended up being the first time I interacted with Stefan uh directly on Twitter too cuz I remember I think talking. that's right. I he think like that was one of my takeaways too. That. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, John Garrett, part of part of the reason this show exists, it baked into the the fiber of uh, of um, of of our podcast. So very quick, quick little yeah. last piece of last tidbit. I did not know this. Don't know if any of you knew this, but this is from Pat Johnson's tweet. I just saw he, that. Ooh. He, he, so he posted uh, a hockey card of uh, John Garrett. He's he's. It's one of the most handsome photos of John Garrett wearing the nice. black flying V, towel around his thing. Pat's tweet says, John Garrett's one of the nice, like, kindest people I've met in my five years in the beat, etc., uh, etc. Et we'll always have his hockey card. On the hockey card, there's a bit of white text that says, in quotes, now assistant general manager. Somebody <laughs> asked, was he, was he really assistant GM? And Pat says, briefly, Harry Neal offered him the job, but he was then fired a few weeks later. Ownership was hoping to land a super boss GM, but failed. So Jack Gordon was put in charge, and Cheech went back. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading this as I'm. Yeah, yeah, no, no, like, yeah, yeah. Cheech went back to being the team's number three goalie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! This god is just bless. fucking just Mickey Mouse ass te- like league and team. Just again, the, the NHL... cra- I said this. I said this on the Ojic, uh, Gino Ojic Patreon episode. But we, this team has our unique tragedies. Mm-hmm. But we also have Gino, and we also have John Garrett. Yeah, Cheech. Yeah, some some good. We have some some great. There are some great things about being a, a Canucks fan up until recently. Anyways, um, uh, it's really just been like the post Sidian era has just been so bad. There's just been so little to because it's like. I really love Elias Pettersson as a player, but like, and, and don't get me wrong. He could get there. Like we're seeing more of it from some of these guys, but it's just like, I need to learn some things that to make me like, love him as a guy, you know? Yeah. 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 And like the refugee, the friends who are refugees thing is cool. More. I need to, I want to know more, you know, I want to be kind of given a reason to, to like root for some of these guys. Like it's too bad. JT Miller is, kind of a dink in so many other ways um because uh because like the 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 covid thing where he was like fuck you we're not playing was cool um unfortunately you know uh all the other things but um on the subject of mickey mouse league uh vias i wanted because i don't really know uh okay. that much about yeah. it i want your little quick like capsule dispatch from uh the world baseball classic uh because my understanding is uh is that Shohei Otani put on a fucking show and Otani is yeah. probably I'm going to plant my flag and say the coolest athlete of the last like 50 years the yeah. the coolest so, af- ma- athlete post Muhammad Ali in my opinion yeah yeah he he is also not not just not just the coolest part. I'm going to plant the flag even deeper and say sure. he right now is the best athlete, at least of the last 20 years, maybe longer, but sure. the, the actual best. So hands, it's, impo- it's hands down the most unique. So it's like, extremely my difficult to be top five as a hitter in baseball. Mm-hmm. Most people, yeah, you know, uh, that's that's already extremely difficult. The amount of power you have to put into that. Uh, it's also extremely fucking hard to be a top three or five pitcher like those are completely separate careers people do not do that i think joe dimaggio or babe ruth i saw tried to do it one season in the 30s 
the, and they're like, this is impossible to do for more than like six months. Only guy who is c- comparable to Shohei Otani in the entire history of baseball is Babe Ruth, who was a real, real good pitcher for about mm, six or seven years and then switched to hitting and then became Babe Ruth. But um, didn't do it at the same time. But he didn't do it at yeah. the same time. Um, and, and, it is a you massive know, difference, yeah. Wild, but wild I, like I, I understand that's the closest you can get, but it's yeah. the, the gulf is still, it's still not there. Astro- because he didn't do it at the same day. time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this Japanese player, uh, he he was top three in both batting and pitching in 2021, the greatest sports season ever, arguably. And he's only going to get better. Yeah. So anyways, he plays on this team, the Anaheim Angel, Angels, kind of like the Canucks where we have some great talent, but everybody else sucks. And so the yeah. team is absolutely dog shit. The Anaheim Angels are horribly run. Well, because Mike and, Trout uh, plays for the Angels too. Yeah, who's our they're the two they're the only two players that matter. Yeah, and yeah. and Mike Trout is like another guy who as a hitter is like unbelievable from what one I of understand. the best in the last like, 10 years. I don't yeah. know I don't know as much about him. Yeah, fair but enough. But so so these two gen- absolutely generational talents. One of them is is like is just a human specimen on top of that but yeah yeah so uh each captains of the respective countries japan and the u.s now the world baseball classic is that baseball's version of or yeah baseball's versions of the hockey world cup or Mm -hmm. any best on best tournament but this one's actually i think administered or owned by the nlb so it is it is more like the nhl world cup um Mm -hmm. that the nhl actually or the mlb actually owns the rights to it and everything Mm-hmm. Um, best on best tournament hasn't been on for the last six years. Has only been running since 2005. Anyways, those two teammates went up against each other in the final game of the World Baseball Classic. The tournament has been awesome. Uh, the biggest thing from the tournament I've seen is that America, like baseball, is wasted on the United States of America. Because <laughs> every yeah. uh, every other country, their fans, they know how to celebrate the sport, even. Yeah. I think it was Venezuela's pitchers was wearing these these dreadlocks with all these colored beads on his oh, on yeah. his hair, just so much swag all over the players, but also the fans and the the Taiwanese team. Uh, they're like one of the games was in was in Taiwan, and their team, the home team's team, was down like nine to one, and the whole arena is standing yeah. on their feet chanting this cheerleading and. Yeah. I heard it's, about that. It, yeah, it was it was anyways. amazing. Like I, you couldn't. It was better than anything in in hockey in terms of fan I'm, experience. I'm I'm so sad that I didn't know this was going on until like after it was over, basically, because like uh, the just the opportunity to watch Shohei Otani play a meaningful game would have been yeah. so cool. I'm gonna go back and watch highlights because I'm you, like, sh- I, you should like, you should yeah. they they are they are that good. Yeah, I'm um, sure. Anyways, so so whole tournament's awesome. Uh, unfortunately, the U.S. beat both Venezuela and Cuba, but yeah, sure. um, I'm I'm sure they're poisoned. Reverse Havana syndrome happened. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Cuba, the Cuba is the heartbreaking one. Obviously, I would. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, it's a shame um, they can't. So, it's a shame they can't get Lord Gurriel to uh, to play on the team. 
Yeah, there's it's, a lot of players who didn't. You should be a, well. It's because it's because you have to be a national and to like, uh, go, right? Like you, they, it's only Cuban series players that can play for them. Yeah, because you have to quote, the ones quote, in the MLB. defect to go. Which is, I'm sorry, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go off too much, but that's fucking sucks because it's like, yeah, a lot of these like. Oh, hey, buddy, if you want to play at the highest level in your sport, all you have to do is renounce your homeland. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So in this last game, how did did it go? So Japan was up for a bit and then went down. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they're they're up and Otani was mostly just hitting and pitchers don't like I'm new to baseball. So my my terms and explanations are pretty shitty. Uh, but there's so many different pitchers playing in one game for one team. Yeah. And when a pitcher thinks that they're about to go up, they have to run all the way to the other side of the field to the dugout and practice, uh, practice their, their, uh, their yeah. pitches. And so Otani in between being expected to go hit, uh, in from like the sixth inning on, he starts walking over to the dugout every now and then, and sometimes having to sprint back because he has to bat. Uh, actually, like some people are like, he might be actually getting tired uh, from yeah. doing this. And so Japan's well, holding just on to, to this three two lead. Add that in, yeah, just, so, just a slide in there, and and to just so, so that people kind of grasp what you're getting at here. Like the in a in a given game, like unless unless a guy's uh, like uh, working on on a no no, like uh, it might might hit a or might pitch a no hit or like usually at least like three pitchers appear in the game. You have the starting pitcher, you have at least one reliever and also yeah. a closer. And sometimes that right. can get up to like five, six, depending on how the, what the deal with the game is, where they are in their season, yada, yada, yada. But in a, in a one game elimination final, you can afford to kind of be like, who's our best guy. Um, because yeah. what the fuck there's not, there's, the, the stakes are like you're not trying to save somebody's arm for the next game like this is yeah. the game um in hockey terms it makes sense to play quinn hughes 40 minutes a night exactly the finals. <laughs> it doesn't make sense when you're mathematically eliminated yeah it does yeah. make sense when you're uh playing literally the most important game of your life which is the case for 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 otani here yeah and so throughout this tournament otani has already hit like the fastest uh hit the fastest balls nice. he he's all, already uh run faster than anybody to to hit the base like Amazing. uh making plays that anybody should have been thrown out for but he was simply so fat as a six mm. foot like three 240 like. pound just like no fat on him whatsoever because the guy doesn't have a life outside of baseball yeah and he it's the last inning and the U.S. could easily tie it. They put on. They have Mike Trout coming up, who is their best hitter. Yeah. And so in their la- in the last inning, Japan pulls out their best pitcher, who has already been the guy who he hasn't necessarily carried Japan. Who there, has also Japan been their best base runner. Players. Who has also been their best hitter. Yeah, just he's he's done everything else for this team, and is a, is a, is a god in this country. And then he gets at to hold on to the win. Yeah, and, close and out the game under under massive pressure. You're you're playing in Miami. The whole arena is going up against you, uh, and you're going up against your teammate, who's one of the best hitters of all time, and a hitter who, for all of his at bats, which is like he's had like 6,700 at bats, mm-hmm. he's never been struck out. 
on fuck i forgot what the uh i forgot the name of the term but sure. the way he struck out he's he's only been struck out like 20 times in his whole career wow yeah. uh he never he never hit the ball on any of otani's pitches that's otani pitched 102 on a on like three of his pitches which is the fastest any japanese pitcher has ever pitched wow and i think is the record in the tournament so far at least this wow. tournament yeah. i'm getting a lot i'm sure i'm getting a lot of these facts yeah, wrong, yeah. but the, this was like a once in a all the vibes of these stats are right but the stats aren't necessarily right that's yeah, right exactly. yes. thank you thank you thank you that's, i'm assuming exactly it. i'm assuming he probably st- like struck him out on three pitches or something which is like very hard to yeah do. Like, the, the pitch count was three to two yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. And then and then and then he st- struck him out with this insane slider that was only 87 miles per hour. And so wow. Mike Trout swung on all of the fouls and all of the strikes. Amazing. And I think that that was the big point of it. Mike Trout sure. has never yeah. done that or has okay, has yeah. only done that 20 times, 20 times. which is yeah. Which is like 1% of his a guy career. who yeah, a guy who has almost 7,000 career at bats or whatever like yeah. Nuts. Just one of the best. And you're going up against your teammate who is the oh. other best player on your team. It was magical. Like so many Americans were like, fuck, that was the best. That was the best moment in baseball that they'll ever see. And these two players have to then go back and play for the Anaheim Angels, which I is mean, dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. That really, <laughs> which, is, which is so sad. But uh, I, I'm bringing this up not just because it, it was such an incredible sports moment, mm-hmm. um, but international best on best play is yeah. so important for a sport. It really like is. I grew up yeah. around a time when, like, as I got into hockey, was just around the time that the like it really became a best on best tournament. And we and say so, this, we say this as people who give zero shits about how Canada performs on the world stage. In yeah. yeah, at best, yeah, absolutely. At best, <laughs> at worst, <laughs> we might actively root against them at times. Um, <laughs> but it is one of those things where. Uh, cause Dr- Drance talked about this on, on his show recently, um, about, uh-huh. about best on best hockey. And, and one of the things that he talked about, like he talked about two different things that I both want to bring up. One of them was like about just how much everybody gets up for a Canada U S game. And I will say, oh, like, yeah. I am, I am 1000% like fuck Canada, fuck hockey, Canada. I don't give a shit. Like fucking go team Sweden. Like that's there, you know, go Latvia, if go it's Latvia. Funny, if it's funny. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, you know, whoever, whichever team has the most Canucks that I like on it, go them or whatever. But yeah. as soon as it's Canada, USA in any hockey tournament, immediately like the Canada Jersey comes on and it's I, like, fuck, fuck the United States. It's yeah. also like, like must watch, yeah. even if you were actually absolutely. Swedish and a Sweden fan. Absolutely. And it's like uh, men's also women's side, Canada, US. Oh, yeah. Probably the best hockey. Some of the best hockey ever. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Easier to and easier to root for the Canadian. Even 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 higher stakes is half of them are married, literally. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No kidding. Right. Um, So and then the other thing that he brought up is he said he was basically saying like international best on best hockey is so important. Uh, Connor McDavid had a quote like this week where he basically just, you know, this guy who almost never offers a real opinion. Mm -hmm. He just came out and he was like, it's, it's so it's ridiculous that it's been 10 years since we've been able to fucking do this basically. Like it's criminal and it is like, it's criminal that, that Crosby and McDavid haven't played on a line together in, Mm -hmm. in international hockey. Like, come on, what the fuck? Right. Um, Yeah. But the thing that he brought up that I do think is correct is that the Olympics are a shitty deal for basically everyone involved. Like 
They're a shitty deal for the owners. Okay, yeah, whatever. Who cares? But it's a shitty deal for the players too. And what this uh, what this baseball World Baseball Classic is is it's a it's a collaboration between the MLB, um, uh, and basically like uh, the, the the MLB, the MLBPA, and uh, a governing like baseball body kind of similar to the the IIHF, and. What he was advocating for, and I totally uh, co-signed this, is for the the NHL to get together with the PA and the IIHF and figure out how to make an actual World Cup of hockey that's a real fucking best on best tournament that isn't mm-hmm. that where every fucking country is properly represented and where most importantly, absolutely most importantly, uh, non NHL pro players play in. Because that was yeah. one of the things that, like, in addition, in just the long list of crimes of the 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 last World of Cup, Cup of Hockey that happened, um, one of the worst things was that it was only NHL players. Like sure. the whole thing that makes Olympic hockey cool is when you watch a team of a bunch of like all Svenskin players win the gold mm-hmm. medal, and you're like, holy yeah. shit, like you know, cool. Like it's awesome that there's like NHL players on this team, but like sometimes uh, like that one that I've talked about before in the past where um, Latvia beat Russia one, nothing. And Arthur Zerbe was the goalie and he was the only NHLer on the team and he just stole the game for them. And this was like a, a guy who literally built barricades during Latvian independence. Um, and like no wow. the, the fucking, the thing that makes that part of what makes that so cool is that it's just like all these guys that you've never heard of the play in, in like, you know, play for a Latvia's KHL team. That's like, you know, terrible, like, uh, you know, Dynamo Riga or whatever players. Right. And so if, if you mm-hmm. don't have those guys, it's meaningless because it's not like best on best doesn't just mean the best NHL players. Right. Like yeah. there are, yeah. there are routinely, Guys that, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with scouts. I've had this conversation with people who work in the league. There are guys who play in Europe who are good enough to play in the NHL, but don't. And yeah. you have yeah. to have those guys there. And, and, and so, you know, the, the, there could be cool best on best NHL hockey that doesn't have to cater to the IOC and, and deal with that fucking whole can of worms. Like, but yeah, it has it to, be not have to be the Olympics. But it it needs to happen because like this, the the idea of the last international hockey featuring the best NHL players being team some of Europe winning the (laughs) the the final against like, I think they beat Canada, which is hilarious, but it's just like, you know, this team of just like Czechs and Danish people and like, you know, just like. The NHL basically being like, it's, you a, know, it's like such a shitty deal for those players too. Absolutely. So it's like, why, what There's camaraderie no, do I have with this guy? Like, no, no one you know? gives a What's shit. up, generic Europeans? Yeah. Like, no one cares. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, you see it at the World Juniors, like, sometimes where. Do you like techno and Counter Strike? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, there was that year. Um, it might have even been a pair of years where. Nikolai Ehlers was on the Danish team at the, Mm -hmm. at the world juniors. And they were like really good because they just had this one game breaking player. And then they had like a couple of other guys who I don't think any of them ever made it, but 
uh, like ever made the NHL, but they were like legitimate prospects or whatever. And I know the same thing happened uh, with uh, Nico Hishier and the, um, the Swiss, Swiss team. team. And it's so much fun to watch those teams. Cause they like, even if they know that their best chance is to finish like fifth or sixth, they really fucking want to finish fifth or sixth. Like, Oh, exactly. They, they, and it's just like mm-hmm. not having, you know, not having that dynamic, like you, you have to have it, but it, it's true. You talk about um, like, I mean, obviously the NHL just doesn't have a player like Otani. Like there, there's not going to be a guy who's the best goalie and the best <laughs> center in the NHL. Yeah. Like it's just not, yeah. although that would yeah. be fucking dope. Could you imagine, can you imagine if there was a guy who played like, you know, uh, like um, platoon, like one, one, a one B for half the year, like the best goalie. And then like, on like all the in, games... in this third period, he's the goalie. It's <laughs> just like, he, dri- all... he drives up the score in the first two periods. And, and then, then they pull, they... <laughs> no, they're, they're losing. And he just skates up the ice and grabs his forward I... stick. Exactly. Oh, yeah. man. It would be so cool. But yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it does. I'm sure as ridiculous as that sounds, that's mm-hmm. what it sounded like to baseball fans in 2018 when it's Otani true, yeah. like, got drafted. Like, he's not going to the- do that. Yeah, something that's theoretically possible but would never happen in real life. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. it, it does just underline how much how much this needs to happen in hockey. So, oh, um, can we should we yeah. talk about the next thing? Because I have a great segue. Okay, sure. Yeah. So the Canucks I, game yeah. just finished. Okay. And yep. James Reimer finished with a 0.666 save percentage. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I, I that is amazing. Um That's so good. For a guy who uh for for a guy who's so homophobic, he sure does love to allow other men between his legs. <laughs> um I uh I do want to return to the I will we'll end on the pride jersey thing and I do want to get to that, okay. but I do want to just very briefly uh I'm assuming the Canucks won tonight. Yeah, they blew up the show. They won yeah. seven two. <sighs> yeah. Um I just have to very briefly like remark on uh, how fucking stupid this all is. Um, like, I think I mentioned this on, on Twitter, but I don't think I've had a chance to mention it on the show. Like, if you designed a player in a test tube to be the savior of the Vancouver Canucks, it would be Connor Bedard. Literally. Correct. Like, if, Correct. if you if if you just, like were if you were and, and who is to say that mike gillis didn't that he isn't actually a product of mike gillis <laughs> but he was fired to too early to see it yeah who's to, to say he's an ea nhl create a player designed to to lead the wish to a Stanley Cup. yeah um he is the best prospect in hockey not even since Connor mcdavid he's surpassed Connor mcdavid he's the best prospect in hockey since Sidney crosby easily like this guy is he hit 70 goals the other night. There's like one other guy who's ever hit more than 70 ever in the WHL. Connor McDavid had 40 in the OHL. Um, And he's on a dog shit team. He's on a, yeah, he's on a terrible, terrible team. He is on a terrible team. And this might not even be relevant, but the WHL has insane travel. Yeah. So no, it is relevant. Like you're putting a player through that. Because Crosby didn't have to travel anywhere near as far as he did, you know. Even yeah. even, even Connor David didn't. No, 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 no. The OHL travels easy. There's a, it's yeah. hardly any travel at all. Like it's it's 
your one province and a little bit of uh, the states below it, like a couple of cities right on the border. The, the parts like, of it that are in the states are bigger than some of the parts of Ontario. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, so mm-hmm. you have yeah. that. Then, then you have a team in Vancouver that, you know, a month ago or whatever is sitting like 27th or 28th in the league. And then... Uh, in addition to that, this player who is the best prospect since since, since Sidney Crosby is also from Vancouver and a Vancouver Canucks super fan. A guy who has said in multiple interviews that he cried for a week when the Canucks lost in 2011. Like, literally a guy who probably spent, like, has probably spent the last few years watching the Canucks suck and thinking like, I'm going to go to Vancouver and I'm going to get revenge for 2011. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And what this team decided to do was uh, fire their coach, hire a new guy, get a new coach bump, go out and buy a uh, right-handed or yeah, a right-handed defenseman uh, with their second first, first round pick and win a bunch of games down the stretch. It like they will never pull as at least as fucking until uh Luigi Aquilini dies, hopefully from being withheld uh, an IV by his nurse or something. Um <laughs> like at least until that happens, like this team will never pull the shoot on a season because they didn't if they didn't do it this year, they will literally never do it. They would be in 32nd and go like we have to win games down the stretch and finish 30th. The only way like, they do it is if all their good players got injured after a trade deadline. Only yeah. way. Uh, the, and no other team behaves this way. That's the thing. Like, no other team treats their season this way. And I had the, I had a long thread on Twitter about this, and I, I don't, like, I'm repeating myself for some people, Speak. but I think it, 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 it bears repeating anyways. Like, so Rick Tockett has said multiple times that he's treating – this like a second training camp, right? A new then training camp with him is a uh, yeah, exactly. Uh you are not doing that. You are literally not doing that. Like the thing that you do at training camp is be like, let's put Linus Carlson on a line with Elias Pettersson and see if he's like see what he can do. Like see just old bros. Put the lines in a blender. Like like let's uh let's put you know Vasily Putkolzin on the power play like net front. Let's uh you know, the big one for me is like, let's put Dakota Joshua on the first line. Like, um, he scored, but, he, and he scored tonight. He's, he has like 11 goals or something. He, he's on a crazy pace. I've been wanting to look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he's, he's shown that he can be like more of a player. Like, the last thing you need to do in a fat, at a fact finding time of the year, whether it's the end of the season or in a training camp, which, Talkett's basically said is the same thing. And I, I want to add to, like, I don't completely blame Talkett for this either. Like, uh, I've, I made the same, if I made this point about Trent Cole, I can certainly make it about uh, Rick Talkett, which is like, you're going to do as an NHL coach or an AHL coach, like, what is in your interest to do? So if your bosses don't come to you and say, like, this is what we want from the end of the season, like, we're treating this as a development season, we want you to play Niels Hoaglander, we want you to play this guy and this guy and we want you to do this like there are ways to do this that don't involve punishing your good players which by the way like 
Thatcher Demko just started his what eighth game in eleven. That is punishing a guy who was hurt all year, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Like no. that is that is forget like. I would be saying this if they were in 19th and they had and they still had no chance to like forget 23rd or whatever. Like if they did the moment they don't have a chance to make the playoffs, Thatcher Demko should be playing at most 50% of the rest of the starts. This guy was hurt all year. What are you doing? What if he gets hurt again? Then you you fuck up the one year window that you open for yourself next year, supposedly. To, to actually try to make some noise. Like you're not just hurting your chances to get a, uh, a, a good draft pick here. And then that's the other thing, like Bedard, you know, it'd be great to win the lottery, but it's not just Bedard. It's like, this is one of those years where if they, if they draft, like the team that drafts fifth or sixth is going to be so happy because they're just going to get the best mm-hmm. guy that fell. They're yeah. just going to be able to be like, that's great. I will take one Matt Vamichkov at sixth. Awesome. I thought I the take... worst we were going to suffer was what Buffalo suffered the year that mm-hmm. McDavid was drafted. Mm-hmm. I thought we were going to get the Jack Eichel of the draft. We're not Pretty even going to get top right? 10. No, it, it, we could, we, they could fall out completely of even the top 10. And I swear to God, they want to do it so they have the justification to trade this pick. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing that is so annoying about all of this. Like, in addition to just how how stupid this is, how, how much it's fucking up, not just like their, their chances this year to get a good draft pick, but they're possibly their chances to win next year. If guys get hurt, like these guys are playing so much, their best players are playing so much. Um, It's, it's, it's fucking that up. But the thing that is the most annoying about all of this is like, I understand that the chance at Bedard is like, not that high. I get that. Um, But, there's there are there are other really good players uh who are available too. And realistically, like what player could the Vancouver Canucks get under any circumstances that is going to help them more next year than Connor Bedard? No one. There is no one on the trade market that they could get. There's no one on the free agent market that could get that will affect their ability to win games next year more than Connor Bedard. Right. And like, I, like I said, I realize like at best, you're only getting a 25% chance at him or whatever, but like, okay, you you buy, you go and buy Philip Peronik. What, what, what what are the chances that, that buying Philip Peronik alone gets you into the playoffs? Are they better than 25%? Like probably not. And, and, and in addition to that, uh, like I don't think Connor Bedard is the only guy you can get that will help you next year. Like I think Adam Fantilli can probably help you next year. And the other Maybe. thing too is like this team's guiding light for the past ten years has been getting to the playoffs and anything can happen. Um, even if you are this year's Boston Bruins, do you think they have a better than twenty five percent chance of winning the cup? No, from winning just for the playoffs. Mm. I don't think so. I mean, they're probably the closest anyone's been. But mm-hmm. no, come on. The, ridiculous. I mean, the, the concept Tampa- underneath the lottery and the concept underneath what these guys think is about getting into the playoffs is the same logic. Exactly. They, just don't, they don't see it as the same thing. To echo, it's the same, it's the same fucking logic, though. Because absolutely, getting an entry into the draft lottery doesn't come with two games of home revenue. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but it's just it's it, it. This is one of those things where it defies even 
um, like the the general sort of uh, conventional wisdom about how the Canucks operate or how how the ownership operates, because it's like nothing will make you more money than drafting Connor Bedard, right? Like, and and I it's like I I get it, I get it to a certain extent. Like how that, much does Edmonton make off the of McDavid jerseys, man? Like of everybody I know from Edmonton owns one. And Connor McDavid is not from Edmonton. He did not grow up an Edmonton Oilers fan. Like, yeah, it, it's just it's one of those. Like, Edmonton, where... Edmonton has the risk of McDavid leaving soon. Mm-hmm. That 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 hangs over everybody's head. That, that would not happen is, with Bedard. This is what not, I like mean nowhere is, near to the same level. Like there's nothing that is stopping you from pulling the shoot on that or that was stopping you from pulling the shoot on this season and. Like just going for it next year, like regardless of anything, like they might like Philip Ronick might not have even gotten traded this deadline. If the Canucks didn't trade for him, like he very, very possibly could have been available to them in the off season when that picks locked in, when it's not gonna like when you're not going to add him at the end of the year and sewer your draft position. When you decide that you have uh, the first overall and you can throw away that second first round pick and you're like, Hey, Philip Ronick might be a pretty good piece to have behind yeah. our new Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard. And I know some of this is is fantasizing. Like it's like, oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, they're gonna win the draft lottery. Boy, we're gonna look stupid when the Canucks win the draft lottery from wherever they are. <laughs> yeah, and but it it is like what you said about about the you know um uh the like how, what's your chance of winning the cup or what's your chance of making the playoffs or whatever, mm-hmm. and and it's like. The only thing that is more like beneficial to your franchise than drafting Connor Bedard is winning the Stanley Cup. That's it. That's it. That's all. There's no bigger prize than getting Connor Bedard. And so, I don't give a shit what your chances are. Uh, I I said to to someone the, the, just the other day, I was like, I don't know if you realize this, but 25 percent is a lot more than six percent. It's a lot more, you know. So whatever it is. If that's the guy that you have the chance on and you're not going to make the playoffs this season, you take every chance you get. It, 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 it just specifically for for this guy at this time. And and uh, to to uh, just echoing Drance once again, like a thing that's been really roiling him and me is this whole like there's no guarantees thing. Well, there's no guarantee if you rebuild that you'll win a Stanley Cup or there's no guarantee that if you tank, you'll get Connor Bedard. And that's true. After ten years, can we say that if you don't rebuild, you're you are guaranteed to just be <laughs> to, in the mushy middle? To suck forever. complete ass. Yeah. Uh yeah. not even the mushy middle, like mostly the bottom. <laughs> that's the yeah. thing, right? It's like they're they're being in the mushy middle is literally just them like trying so hard to not rebuild that they accidentally like bump themselves up just out of the worst teams of the league or whatever. But the the thing that that is always going to be like the counterpoint to this is that if you want to talk about like no guarantees, being the best team of the post cap era, setting the record for the most wins in a season by a post cap team doesn't guarantee you a playoff win. We saw that with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So if you want to pull the whole like don't uh, no guarantees thing, then what you're essentially getting to is nothing means anything and why try to do anything, which makes sense. I guess if you're trying to defend the Vancouver Canucks and what they've done over the past, like forever, it seems like, but um, the way they've behaved at the end of this season, um, 
this was something I wanted to say in in our in last week's episode. I just didn't get the chance to return to it. I don't know what it was about like this specific failure to steer into the skid, which is what any other normal team would do. Every other team does this shit when they're in this position. Um, it defies completely defies logic. It doesn't even make sense <laughs> under the logic of how this team says that they operate. Uh, wanting to win next year, yada, yada, yada. Um, it's pure stubbornness. It's just pure stupidity. Um, this has done like the same psychic damage to me that losing in 2011 did in a weird kind of way, or at least it has yeah. produced the same result. Because I remember after the Canucks won in 2011, I said, that was so painful. I cannot watch regular season hockey next year. Yeah, and it's I, mean, I, because I it's said the same thing, and I didn't. I couldn't watch regular season hockey. I couldn't hockey watch like regular season after. hockey because I was like, we were so close, and and the regular season doesn't matter. We were the best team in hockey, and it didn't matter. Like, I'm going to wait until they get into the playoffs because I know they will, and then I'll watch the playoffs because I'll be invested, and I want to, you know, maybe they can do it next time. And obviously, we all know how yeah. that went. But that was kind Intelligent of my attitude. Intelligent bandwagon. Yeah, it was like, it was just like, I was heartbroken, and I was like, Call me when the playoffs start. That's when it matters. You were you were just you were just like resting for the playoffs, basically. Yeah, because I know like, how is load management. It's fucking yeah, how much management. of an emotional toll it took on me. But now, um, I feel the same way. It's like okay, you threw down the gauntlet. Call me when you make the playoffs. That's when I'll turn on the TV. Like, if you fail to do that, then why would I waste any fucking time watching your stupid garbage ass team? Like. Mm-hmm. And and obviously, you know, the answer now is I want to watch John Garrett call his last game. Uh, so I will I, I will turn it on a couple times before the end of the year. I also I want to get a look at Philip Ronick, too. But like. Essentially, at this point, like, I mean, even just making the playoffs is not enough to me with with the way they treated this season, which is even in comparison to the Jim Benning stuff and like. I generally do think that they've been like smarter about pursuing this plan under these guys. They've targeted better players. They've made better moves. They've made smarter trades. Um, Not pulling the shoot on this season is the stupidest thing they've ever done. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Like, yeah. this is just one of those. It's the worst decision of the last 10 something years. It's, it's just. It's, I, would, I would have said Benning, like the hiring Benning was, but clearly. It's really not him to blame. It's it's unforgivable. It's just it, it, the I, it's it's the reverse of of what I said about the JT Miller trade and kind of about the Bohorvat Bo trade a little bit too, which is just like you don't give up a chance at the first overall pick. You just don't do it. Yeah. Okay. Great. Like the you know the number probably won't come up. You know, your number probably won't come up. It's probably not going to work out that way. But the thing that I think of it as, like as a, as a comparison to our sane listeners who approach public health in an understandable way, what was the chance that I was going to die of COVID? You know, for me specifically, a lot fucking lower than 25%. And I still was like, eh, 0.001%. Sounds bad. I'm just going to do all the stuff I can to prevent that from happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and this is like, all you have to do is just not be stupid at the end of a season 
just behave normally. Just, you know, reward your depth players. Reward your, reward your players who have played well in Abbotsford. Uh, tell uh, guys like, you know, Vitaly Kratsov that, like, it's put up or shut up time. You're getting an audition, and if you don't fucking do something with it, like, In addition to this, too, like there, there's also the the fact of just being like, hey, assholes, you haven't done anything. You keep losing. So, no, we're not going to play you at the end of the year so you can grind us in contract negotiations because you played an extra 10 minutes a night and scored an extra 25 points in garbage time. Like, I'm old enough to remember when Zach Cassian went off and had like 15 points in 20 <laughs> games at the end of 2014. And the the organization themselves, Trevor Linden and Jim Benning, were like, who fucking cares? It was garbage time. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, Like, there are so many cultural benefits to doing this, even without Connor Bedard. But with, with that like lurking in the distance with that possibility being there. It's like, uh, it's only a one in four chance at the player that would save our franchise. Like to finish last, you know, if you did this every time you would have had one of him, McDavid, uh, Crosby or Lemieux. If, if, if I offered you a chance at a, at a, I don't know. We'll, we'll say like, well, I don't know what the fifth best odds are, but I think there's somewhere, there's something like 6%, sure. you know, six or 8%. And it was like, Hey buddy, here's a lottery ticket that has a, you have a 6% chance of winning the Powerball, And all you have to do is not go to work for a week. <laughs> You're telling me you wouldn't take that because it's bad for your job's culture. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> moronic anyway so that's, that's my no, that's, that's my canucks very, related very rant of the and it's not even the thing i'm the most mad about because obviously uh elliot you alluded to the um the the, the james reimer thing and the ongoing um oh we haven't even talked about this yeah pride yeah, jersey controversy that um you know i'm gonna i'm gonna seed seed the floor to, to you guys for a second because i need sure. a break now before i go off again <laughs> okay but so um, to speed run yeah. In case someone Thank hasn't you. paying attention to speed yeah. run this, uh, it's I guess pride season for NHL teams because pride's in June, but NHL sure. doesn't play in June. So well, this is my guess. And and unlike the last few years, the NHL has left it up to the teams to host their own pride nights rather than do it all on one night together. Right. So we which, get a whole lot of this storyline, which is going great. I believe NHL. that's the case, although I, I actually haven't had that confirmed. So that I'm not sure about that. Are you are you sure about that, Bias? That they used to just all do it on the same or sorry, not not that thing? they used to, but it used to be a bit more coordinated. Okay. Yeah. Like, that does I, seem to be that does yeah. seem like it's tr like it's the case. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or the teams have more autonomy. It, like my understanding is the teams have more autonomy over sure how they work. About how they're gonna do it. Yeah, it's going so, great so far. So shortly after the Flyers decided to say that we're all black, orange, and green today on St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> they decided to follow that PR snafu up with uh, Ivan Provorov. Provorov, yeah. Provorov, yeah. Um, saying that as a Russian Orthodox, he doesn't feel comfortable wearing the Pride warm-up jersey. This has then um, led to some social contagion as all the other random bigots and whatever in the NHL have come out and said that they don't want to wear the pride jersey. Uh, notably, uh, today was Mark and Eric Stahl, who previously yeah. did wear them with Montreal, which is very funny because they don't remember. Yeah, I I want to add, by the way, um, just I know this is totally just me on my hobby horse getting in my 
my little dig or whatever, but like always, always, always count on the NHL to make John Tortorella look not that bad in retrospect, right? Like, I remember when this happened, it was like, oh man, Torts looks really bad. And it's like, you know, like three three weeks on or whatever, a month on, like, it's like, you know, look, look, he still looks bad, but like everybody else looks just as bad, if not worse. Like him just sort of being like, yeah, it's his beliefs were, uh, you know, that's what he does. And uh, uh, I think it's great to have a pride night, but he's allowed to do what he wants or whatever. And that's kind of, you know, okay, yeah, it's a story or whatever. And then every other team now, just coming out of the woodwork to be like, here is a just page long screed from our fucking player about why they won't wear a pride jersey. Like, yeah, my and a bunch of guys just pulling the plug entirely, not on doing it at jersey. all. Uh, notably, the Chicago Blackhawks, who, um, now I don't know if the Chicago Blackhawks were the ones who were actually blaming uh, Putin's don't say gay bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that he recently no i think it was him. I, I think it was him. yeah okay because i know not totally not an organization that has problem with uh has a problem with internal homophobia by the way yeah um, i can't think of it prioritizes protecting their own players yeah i can't think of a of an example uh from their history where uh you know having a normal fucking attitude about uh you know uh like male male sexual relationships uh might have benefited them instead of you know fucking this is the thing right is that the nhl won't they won't make their players wear a jersey for five minutes that says hey we accept you but they will let their own uh like people in their organization like rape young men it's it's Mm -hmm. fucking galling like this it's it's I it's really bad guys it's really really bad like I just remember I that yeah in 2019 when the NBA uh was dealing with how I think in North Carolina what state is Charlotte in that's in North Carolina yes yeah that's North Carolina right uh so North Carolina was passing one of these bills uh that was banning um trans people from going bathroom to the bathroom yeah it was a bathroom bill it was one of, it was one of the earlier bathroom bills it was before there was as large of an after turf campaign to get all the states to pass all these things but astro uh, turf turf being the uh yeah <laughs> uh, important part of that word there anyways yeah yeah in, in fact it's sorry this is actually 2017 but the nba mm-hmm. moved the all-star game from charlotte that year because yep. of what the state policy was that year mm-hmm. and and they they ended up i think giving i don't know what happened after that but this was a pretty big move by a league um in 2017 uh to respond to an actual hateful homophobic policy uh that was hurting a lot of people and imagine the nhl doing anything like this well and importantly too like uh, like the don't bury the lead there like that decision as well as uh a, a similar decision that bruce springsteen and the e street band made to cancel a concert in charlotte that week Mm. uh Mm -hmm. were a huge really maybe the thing that caused enough backlash to get the state to overturn the bill yeah and you know it's it's one of those these things where it's like look these fucking these businesses and and these leagues and these people that populate them like do not do nearly enough to use their power to make anything good happen for anyone but what you know once in a while someone does something and it can really make a difference when 
it is something this big and it it it's simultaneously frustrating because it's like oh fuck like you know <laughs> the only way something can get tra- changed is like if disney gets mad enough about it and pulls their you know uh sponsorship from from something or whatever but at the same time it works and uh you can't you know you can't argue with the results and you know if the nhl were you know if they desired to take a stance here it could have a real impact and i mean i think like look at brian burke like mm-hmm. he's had a he's had a huge impact because he's an important guy in the sport i think you also get a lot out of the fact that he's very gruff and very manly as well mm-hmm. and yeah. you know i no, mean sure. it, i i think about like he is watching um the the like all the work that he and similar people have done on behalf of his dead son go backwards now yeah yeah um i, I, I don't you vias kind of kind of stepped on something you were saying elliot was there yeah, did, yeah was, was there something you wanted to say um i was just going to clarify a few things yeah. um there's been this narrative that this has something to do with russian players and Putin's <sighs> anti-gay bill uh, PJ did some digging on this. Mm-hmm. It's never been used against someone for actions outside of Russia. Yeah. And like, we all kind of have like the class analysis where like Putin's mm-hmm. not going to go after an NHL player guys. Like, no, that's not how this kind of thing works. Mm-hmm. It would be a PR nightmare for him. And he's trying to win his camp. Like he's oh. trying to win a propaganda war as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And other Russian players and, and, have one. And the, uh... Yeah, the yeah. penalties themselves are also not the penalty like, is like a seven thousand dollar fine, which is a lot of money if you're not an NHL player. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a lot of money if you're a Russian and you have to pay it in rubles. But yeah, exactly. Again, these guys are getting paid in American and, dollars. And Im- importantly, to reiterate too, as you said, uh, Elliot, like lots of Russian players have worn the fucking jerseys. Yeah. And, and and that is the the thing. And Ovechkin is worn like a U.S. military appreciation jersey, and it's yeah. like, who do you think is building all the weapons that are killing Russians in Ukraine right now? That well, is the funniest it, one. That's the that's the best one, yeah. It's it's very simple. There's 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 a few different there's a few different things going on. I think sometimes people's personal beliefs actually like take up too much of the conversation because I don't actually think they really matter that much in the grand scheme of things like what actually matters is one who pays the bills right Mm -hmm. um and i mean i'm not saying that like the u.s military specifically like pays the nhl's bills but like if you connect enough dots it's easy to see why those knights exist the u.s military explicitly gives money to i know the nfl i don't know if it's been proven that they give money to the nhl to have military appreciation nights sure and they they may not even need to pay the nhl the nhl might just be doing it anyways well and but there's also certainly uh examples of you know it may not be specifically the the military that pays for something but there's a there's something connecting one pole to the other right somebody's got somebody's money goes somewhere that also goes there and vice versa. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, you know, I don't know if uh, like, for example, and I'm totally just pulling this out of my ass or whatever, but like, it's like, yeah, the U S military might not um, give money to the Colorado avalanche, but maybe Lockheed Martin does. 
um, which isn't even that like wild to think because they have a huge bunch of plants in Denver. Exactly. And in Colorado. So like that's just the hurricanes and the Panthers and the golden Knights are all owned by ex military guys. That too. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not sure if that's all three of those are right, but I know at least a few of those are Vinny Viola for sure. And with the Panthers is an ex military guy. Um, Yeah. So that, you know, that's, that's, that's one thing. Um, But then the second thing is what is the social capital that will be spent by a, by opposing something. Right. Or, or even in some cases, like literal capital. Like I made a point the other day that was like, what if they made the players play the whole game in these jerseys? Right. Then what, then what would happen? Cause like, I think this whole conversation disappears very quickly because I don't think there are a lot of players who would be willing to go. I'm going to sit out the game. Players don't like players won't sit out the game for load management. Yeah. Like they won't sit out the game. Like they, they incur like, like really intense scrutiny for sitting out during contract negotiations. I, I just, you know, Oh, I can't, I'm not playing tonight because of my views or whatever. I just, I have a hard time seeing it. Maybe they would do it, but doing it would cause actual consequences with this. It's a story for a day and everyone moves on and everyone forgets. Yeah. Um, Anyways. So the outcome of a lot of this is teams either pulling the plug entirely on pride night or, Again, as you were saying, broadcasting a screed from their resident homophobe. Um, which is the worst part about which it. Which is the worst part because we're just giving a platform to the worst people. It becomes Pride and, Night. And because becomes, it happens every few few days, it's like this firing this rolling tide of just bullshit. The story that is this just, is just all the news is gonna be until the end of the regular season. Instead but, of there being yeah. a Pride Night, like and it just being like the headline being like you know, this team's pride night goes off without a hitch. Great stuff. Fucking Elton John sang the national anthem, you know, like whatever. Right. Like the way that, you know, when we have, when we have a uh, uh, Diwali night here and they have that extremely cool blind guy who unfortunately was also on the large cast, sing the anthem or whatever. And it's like the best anthem. <laughs> <all year. laughs> wait, wait, do you mean Jazzy B? No, no, the blind guy. I can't remember his name. Oh, he, okay. He, so, he sang the anthem. Jazzy Bear wears, Jazzy Bear wears sunglasses. So yes. No, no, no. It was an actual blind guy, and he he's doing the Stevie Wonder him. conspiracy theory. Yes, he did some. Uh, he did some stuff with the Lars cast, but that's I don't even care because he's gotcha. an amazing singer and he was great at it. Um, like that kind of stuff, you know, right? Like you you do some community building and you get like a a cool celebrity to come like do something or whatever, right? Like it's cool, it's fun. And it's like, you know, you get a little bit of like viral heat or whatever from from that. Um, and instead, what happens is the story becomes like this player on this team is explicitly telling these people that like, I mean, I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but like if your reason for not where for not endorsing like it's the same thing and and as what happens in russia and a lot of american states essentially have the same kind of laws about like gay propaganda they might not call it that but it, it's basically the same thing or it's like 10 percent more targeted towards schools but it's like yeah look at where look at how in north carolina three years ago they could push back or four years ago and push back and get that bill overturned and now that would not happen what do things can happen yeah i don't years? think i would yeah. Like, oh, yeah. they're four years ahead of you. Big and deal. Yeah, you're definitely different. If your thing is that your interpretation of the Bible is so literal that you 
can't make an exception for your job to wear a uniform that you don't like, which, by the way, is a thing I have had to do literally every day of my working life um, for five minutes, then I think it's it's you do not deserve the benefit of the doubt that your literalist interpretation of the Bible also includes that you think gay people should be executed. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. I, I, that is the 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 that you deserve for that to be the message that people take from it, whether yeah. it is your intention or not, or how much you say you love and respect everyone. And like, I know it's pointless doing logic nerd stuff with these people. It is, but, like, but God, you all play games on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, you all play games on Sunday. You all wear the fucking jersey for everything else. And and I think the thing that is that it like. Actually, I just need to say about that, but finish your thought. Sure. The 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 thing that that is kind of uh, lurking under the surface with all of this, I think, and and a friend of the show, Grania, pointed this out, and other people have pointed that out as well. Like, this is very specifically that the the gay pride flag has been updated in recent years to include trans people, and all of the just absurd, violent. Uh, in in some cases, in some states, I do not want to paint like the entire United States with the same brush necessarily, but like certainly in some places like Florida or whatever or Texas, like bordering on genocidal attitudes and laws towards trans people, like it is it is safe now because of the increased inclusion of trans people in the LGBT community for people to in a sport where people never come out and say anything, come out and say, we aren't participating in, in this. And it's explicitly because of this just bullshit trans panic thing that is sweeping the globe right now. Um, and is, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's angering on a lot of different levels. Yeah. It's deeply frustrating. It's deeply, hurtful and you know i, I mean like it, it it is ultimately on on the one hand like obviously you know it's people having their their identities um respected is is deeply important but on the other hand too it's also just like it is so none of your business also right like, Absolutely. Yeah. Like it. It's just one of those things where where it's like I I I'm 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 reminded of like, uh the the sort of um various conversations that like I've I've seen like rich black comedians kind of have like bits that they've done where they essentially say like, it's like, you know, I don't really care like what you say to me or what you think of me. I care that like I have the power to not give a shit about it or I have the power to like for it to not affect me. Because like I have legal rights and et cetera, et cetera, you know? Yeah. Um, like there's there's an element to this too where where it's like, Jesus Christ, man, you can you you fucking spend all day playing hockey and you're gonna make your hobby like your second thing, hating people that you have no fucking business even thinking about anyways, you know? That has nothing Absolutely. to do with you. It's just it's it it's it's very frustrating. So I know I mentioned this, so I'm just like riffing off my own thought here. Sure. But like, yeah, okay, logic's pointless. Don't bother arguing with these people with logic because it's not necessarily that useful. I actually knew a guy growing up mm -hmm. uh, from the States who wouldn't race on Sundays. Sure. Because yeah. he was that religious. <laughs> and like, 
And the thing is, like, he was honestly pretty chill about it. Like, sure. If I didn't know, like, it was like, oh, why is Cedric never here on Sundays? Like, why is he like I've never reached a 500 against him because 500s are on Sundays. And why is he not here? Turns out he's crazy religious. Um, or super religious. I don't want to say he's crazy religious. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and like, yeah, he had a lot of shitty beliefs when he was like 17 mm-hmm. and living with his parents because he had never left his hometown. Really, he went to a Christian school. He went to church, you know, Wednesdays and Sundays or whatever it is, the second day. And, you know, he had shitty attitudes towards gay people. Mm -hmm. Um, But then he went away for school and, like, he learned. And, like, he was still extremely Christian. But he learned that, like, hey, like, this doesn't... You're Exactly what you're saying. This does not affect me. Mm -hmm. Like, you can be a good person and be gay. And, like, you can... Like, hell, you can even live more of a Christian life than, like, I do as someone who's in, like, an extremely, like conservative passing relationship but i guess i can say that sure like, yeah 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 sure i know what you mean um like kayla and i've been together forever you know we got married and having kids it's like that's pretty well it, it's like I I, if, I, if i can be friends with fucking libertarians you can like wear a jersey for five minutes you yeah, know what exactly. i mean like it's just one of those things where it's like like there are people that we all have in our life where we're like, yeah, that guy has some shitty fucking opinions, like, or that guy's stupid or that guy's like, oh yeah, he, he's just annoying or whatever. Like I have a couple of guys at my work who are like super against the union for no fucking reason. And it's, it's really annoying, but like, I like them. They're nice. They're good people. They work hard. They look you in the eye. They'll take your fucking shift. If you need a day off, like whatever, you know, like, it's just it's it's such a it, it is like this the point like people love to say that the cruelty is the point this is the a, an example of the cruelty being the point it is Absolutely. specifically about wanting to deny the existence and the humanity of of a group of people that like are we know are fans of the national hockey league are consumers and the message that the league sends when this happens is we will take your money we will like exploit your status as a uh, vulnerable, uh, marginalized group to line our pockets, but we will not do anything else for you. We want your money, then, but we don't want you. But we don't want you to be seen. Like, yeah. and I don't mean like seeing the way that like you know Mastercard tells you that like if you have seasonal affective disorder, you're seen by them or whatever. I mean like literally seen, like literally visible two people like hey this is like our you know this is our equipment manager and he's gay or this is like our this is our wonderful uh person who who designed our jersey and she's trans or whatever like it, it, they are literally like no we want you to not exist we want you to 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 i don't want to have to see you existing it, it's oh, and man. it is that bad it is did we talk about bad. did we ever talk about the uh the last Canucks Pride jersey and the little kerfuffle that occurred because of that. That, that was very funny. The the yeah the. Um, I, if, in case yeah. anyone didn't catch it, um, about a year after, mm-hmm. someone figured out that the girl or the woman who designed it um, was based in Sweden, which of course has nothing to do with Vancouver. Um, there's no famous. Yeah, there's no Vancouver. relationship between Vancouver and uh, <laughs> or the Canucks in Sweden, as right. we all know. Um, 
so yeah, they got really mad about someone online. A bunch of people got really mad about this online. Um, got really mad at friend of the show Riley for uh, I don't know letting Mio use her phone number to sign up for it just because yeah, it, this, yeah, the thing right. would not accept a Swedish phone number because it's like it's, uh, the wrong number of digits because Sweden. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I don't know. It was pretty funny. It was funny, as I it was, put it. It was good to get into giant arguments online with people who were doing, like, woke, they took our jobs. Yeah, yeah. The, they took our jobs, but woke. It was very funny. Um, I just I just searched for it, and I found it. I I, I literally took time uh, off of my vacation just to post this, but I said, uh, getting insanely pissed good about Lord. how the, the pride version of the knockoff indigenous corporate tie-in logo was designed by a gay person who isn't from Vancouver. Um. Yeah, that was very. That was very. Uh, my 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 only takeaway from that is like I never want to piss off queer graphic design Twitter, but if <laughs> I need to like storm a city, I know who to call. Absolutely, like, they may be the only I, I, people. They, they would last. In, they would have lasted in song, guys. It's true, and That's they what may, I firmly believe they may be the, our only hope to turn back the tide of this awful fucking uh like f- stupid fake uh pride jersey backlash, and uh, you know I, I it is uh like important to underline too that like it anything when it's sad but like when people are as marginalized as trans people are like especially in the united states and i shouldn't say especially in the united states like they're marginalized everywhere but the united states is worse than a lot of other places of similar you know uh standard of living and they export that worseness and they do absolutely um they absolutely do like anything anything helps right like anything for for some just some kid whether whether it's whether it's a trans kid or whether it's a a kid who's explicitly not trans but who just sees this and just goes like oh yeah i guess it's normal you know like yeah i i, I think about like how how much time i would like i have a lot of uh friends who are trans and i had I had one friend in particular who was trans when I was really young, who I owe the world to for their just absurd level of patience with me, like explaining things that are that now seem totally basic and like baseline. Um, And I think about like how much time the world could have saved me and saved that person by just like, oh, yeah, uh, like I turn on the TV and watch the hockey game and and once a year they have a thing that's like yeah trans people exist and they're normal and it's cool um or but, there's trans journalists or there's trans hockey coaches you know, or like whatever extending it way like, further down the line there's players. definitely a line there's definitely a point where where it's like you know it, it, representation matters i don't think it's the most important thing and i think a lot of people use representation matters to hide other you know more important stuff but it is important especially in the sense that anything helps and you know we're we're talking about a uh a country uh that has a history of like you can kill a trans person and use the fact that you didn't know they were trans and found out they were trans as a defense against killing them in court right Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. this isn't a this isn't like fun in games and 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 the the thing that a lot of people have to realize is that the people on the other side of this issue, and this is like being on the other side of this issue is identical to being on the other side of like 
thinking uh, like whether or not uh, different races deserve uh, voting rights or whatever. Like it's that it, it is that heinous to be on the quote unquote other side of it. Um, the people on the other side of this issue will lie and dog whistle and be totally dishonest in bad faith and how they engage about it. They will say out of one side of their mouth that they respect everyone and love everyone. And that this is just about, you know, being allowed to choose what you wear or just about, you know, being true to your beliefs or whatever. And then out of the other side of the mouth, they will say, you don't, you either don't exist or you shouldn't exist. And, um, it's just, it's, it's really frustrating and I really fucking hope we're not having this conversation again in the week, in a week when the Canucks do their pride night. Um, yeah. because this is an area, it's the one area where the Canucks have actually, it's the, it's the one time of the year where you actually feel kind of nice being a Canucks fan when they do pride night, when they do black history month, when they do, um, it tie-ins with the indigenous community, Diwali, lunar new year. This stuff is cool. We have a really diverse fan base in Vancouver. I'm really happy about the fact that uh, our like tiny little sliver of it, our show has a really diverse listener base. I'm glad that <laughs> like I, it makes it, 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 it literally makes the sport more vibrant. It literally makes the community more vibrant. It makes it mm -hmm. more interesting. And it's to, to have um, people to have teams treat it like an afterthought or worse, like a, like an inconvenience, like people bringing something new to the table to their community is like inconvenient. It's like, you don't deserve you the like, I, I hope it, it, I, it puts me in a position to perversely like hope that no one buys the, these pride jerseys because they don't deserve to have people buy them. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. I hate being put in that position and I hate being put in the position where I ask myself constantly, is what they're doing any better than just not doing it at all? Um, and it's, it's just, it's ridiculous for that conversation to be happening in the NHL when uh, this stuff, frankly, um, was, was settled a decade ago. Like it, it, it's very, very frustrating to see, to see that revanchism um yeah yeah I've, but on a lighter I've, note yeah um as we said earlier the mm -hmm. sharks goalie uh james <laughs> reimer uh refused to wear the pride jersey and then got lit up for seven goals and finished <laughs> the game with a six 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 eight percentage absolutely so, hilarious. that um, is what you get for allowing 69 year old character actor james remar to uh what's his play. first name it is, is it james, james right james james james, james, james remar uh star of such movies as django Unchained. uh what are the odds that he's been to fucking church in the last five years oh god there's although not... mennonite he is from he this is the guy from the mennonite community right maybe maybe That's a slight right. chance yes. but yeah fuck as if i don't know don't don't, I, don't aren't Mennonites not supposed to like drive cars or something like <laughs> just fuck this guy I it's so I, stupid I, 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 I it's I, like I said I know the hypocrisy thing is is overdone but like God it's just you guys stare at each other's dicks all day in the locker room like shut up no one cares your sport is so gay you're all so gay shut up <laughs> I don't know I'm mad also, my um, doctor told me I have to lower my blood pressure this isn't helping. <laughs> 
Also, I uh, want to give a shout out to a friend of the show, uh, Daniel Wagner. Um, yes. He had a great thread about um, how he grew as a Christian and as a person um, by learning to accept his trans friends and like trans people in general and gay people in general. Like a hmm. uh, great thread about how he reconciled his beliefs. Um, check that out. Yeah, absolutely. And and to, because I know that I have a tendency to like scapegoat all Christians and paint them all at the same I, brush. I definitely do that, and I know that's a weakness of my own. Yeah, um, yeah. I kind it's of not get frustrated. It's and not the case. Yeah, it's not the case. Yeah, no, and I get frustrated. And, and, yeah. In addition to that, too, like there are there are gay and trans people who reconcile being gay and trans with being Christian, mm-hmm. which is like, of course, crazy. It's uh, it's crazy to think like I think like, those people are you know they're they're in a lot of ways a lot more tolerant than i am i guess um but in addition to that too like it's 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 also like i think it it also pays to to look at it from the other direction and think about how much patience um uh we like like i think i say we as like the the proverbial we like people who are either you know not marginalized or less marginalized or whatever like the patience that a lot of people in particularly like the trans community but also just the lgbt community in general show to people who in a lot of cases have to learn or have to have it explained to them why they deserve like human rights Mm -hmm. um that's like i think if you think about it that way and you think about it in terms of um that there are like these people out there that have to deal with that every day and then still are even willing to extend the hand and be like you know we want to teach people that that <laughs> we deserve this or we want to work with this deeply homophobic while simultaneously like uh bizarrely uh homosocial and abusive like league um that we want to work with them and 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 celebrate like queerness with them uh is it's it's like it's astounding it's actually it's it's so much more astounding than stories like daniel's not to throw shade at at daniel no no for like sure. his his, sto- his story is amazing but it it, it it just it's it really when you it still is a story about a cishet dude. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's one of those things where it's like just just look at both sides of that coin. And yeah. and just and it it I think when you do that, it illustrates that like obviously obviously LGBT people benefit from LGBT acceptance the most, but everyone benefits from it. Right. Um we benefit from it by like I mean, you know the maybe the 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 best example i i would think of is like you know how many um you know how many straight guys out there like uh wouldn't have gotten laid without fucking you know david bowie's music <laughs> or whatever the fuck or fritz or elton john like you know it's uh, uh you, you want to you know you, you want to live in a world without uh without fucking kim petrus lighting up the charts i don't know Sounds shitty. Well, well done, Jackson. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Already plugged the Patreon. Um, any uh, any final thoughts from either of you before we sign off? Um, 
I think I like I don't know what the end point on this thought is, but maybe mm. somebody else can can close it for me. But mm. through throughout this uh, stupid or just horrible ordeal that for for any of my trans friends to just continue being engaged hockey fans, like mm-hmm. um, amazed at your your patience with having your your life kind of just dangled in front of you like that and 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 humiliated like that. I mean. I think I, I was thinking the other day about the whole concept of like arc of justice. And for, for years I've stopped believing in that concept that naturally things get better um, mm, yeah. in, in terms of political machinations. And with, with the last few years of Pride Jersey's being one manifestation of, of queer culture, LGBTQ plus uh, culture being celebrated in this league and other leagues, this kind of assumption that like, oh, okay, this is kind of another small step forward uh, as part of like the the huge steps that have happened in the last 20 years. But for me, in the same way that I'm skeptical of racial progress like that, I'm skeptical of that. And I've been skeptical of things like this as through uh, functions of, of ACEs adult progress. I mean, maybe I do believe that there's more people who 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 accept trans people and 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 understand these issues um i don't i don't hand wave that part away but no. this idea that just because uh civil marriage and like other civil code changes have happened in the last 20 years mean that trans people are inherently more safe and like this this balancing act has or the seesaw has swung the other way which has led enemies uh, on the right wing to think that things have gone so far uh out the window and they need to be rebalanced i mean i do i will say i do really hate it when the cops come to my house and tell me i have to become trans that does suck um you know i mean a cab but uh you know i've i've learned to live with it so can you (laughs) yeah but it just it just keeps bringing up these feelings of like uh what what progress has really happened it and it isn't done by like and I think trans people would tell you the same thing. It's mm-hmm. like these pride jerseys are aren't aren't like the top tip of the iceberg even. They're <laughs> no. these, these are these are just like fun. These are just no, it's fun a... things we, we we're happy we get to do. And the fact that they're coming out against these yeah. these fun little small celebrations that um that everybody should just be finding some joy in, or at worst change the channel if you for some reason haven't haven't been able to learn about you this get yet. Nothing. Don't feel you comfortable. can't like, even have this. You yes, can't even yeah. have five minutes. Yeah, you, um, can't, you can't have five minutes. It's... I, I think you know the uh, the, it's the it's Martin Luther King the arc the arc of the universe is long and bends towards justice. Yeah. I think the only issue I think I generally do agree, and I think my my only issue is it's not an arc; it's like a Jackson Pollock painting. You know, but, um, yeah. I do think yeah. like I I have to think that I, I that eventually it does bend towards justice, but. Um, I just, I'm I'm less convinced that the shape of that uh thing is as is as simple as some people make it out to be. I I know what I want to close mm-hmm. on here, which is mm-hmm. just just to to highlight the stakes here, um, and and Vias, as soon as I do this, I'll kick it over to you because you'll be reminded about the thing that you also want to talk about. But there are stakes here because we actually have a a, a hockey Sorry. player who could play in the NHL one day who's gay and his name is uh I'm pr- choosing to pronounce it <laughs> Luke Luke Prokop 
Uh, I don't know how it's actually pronounced, but the way that I think it's pronounced sounds like an unfortunate uh, thing, so I'm not <laughs> pronouncing it that way. Um, uh, but he's uh, he's a player for the Seattle Thunderbirds. He's affiliated with the um, uh, the Predators. He was, a, I believe, a fourth round pick. Um, big, lo- like fucking six six defenseman or something. Yeah, give me uh, give me the Sam Cosentino report, guy. He's got he's here. got a real shot. Like I like I mean he's got a real shot of playing. He's Look, at the end of the day, I think he's a six-six right-handed defenseman. Like, uh, he doesn't even—he doesn't even have to be good. Like, you know, like some some. You know, those NHL know. GMs are size quotes. They absolutely are. <laughs> it's, yep. Once again, it's circling back to what I was saying before, but uh, he released a statement. It's very good, um, and I think it'll dovetail nicely into something to close on that that Vias uh, shared with me earlier today. So this is the statement. I share the disappointment in what feels like a step back for inclusion in the NHL. Pride Knights and Pride Jerseys play an important role in promoting respect and inclusion for the LGBTQIA plus community. And it's disheartening to see some teams no longer wearing them or not fully embracing their significance, while the focus of others has become about the players who aren't participating rather than the meaning of the night itself. Mm -hmm. Everyone is entitled to their own set of beliefs, but I think it's important to recognize the difference between endorsing a community and respecting individuals within it. Pride nights are an essential step towards fostering greater acceptance and understanding in hockey. And I strongly believe that by prioritizing diversity and inclusion, we can create an environment where every player feels comfortable bringing their authentic selves to the game. As someone who aspires to play on an NHL team one day, I would want to enter the locker room knowing I can share all parts of my identity with my teammates. While there's still progress to be made before hockey is for everyone, I'm optimistic about the change we can achieve and I'm committed to being part of it. And the thing that I really want to highlight there once again is the part where he says, I would want to enter the locker room knowing I can share all parts of my identity with my teammates. When players do this, when, when they come out and say, I hate you, please die. uh, Basically, as far as I'm concerned, like uh, they're like, this is you're fostering a, a a shitty unsafe work environment potentially for for all we know someone on your team like there could be someone on the San Jose Sharks right now who is a closeted gay man who is not coming out because they're like oh I have this shitty teammate who like hates me for no reason other than like he like grew up in a weird cult that won't let you drive a car or whatever um yeah i mean this thing that i think about too quite a bit um i actually wound up going through my sporting career with a ton of or like quite a few uh lgbt lgbtq athletes and like a lot of the athletes that i looked up to like you know that routinely kicks my ass at a national level were also gay and then sure the funny thing is with my cohort you know no one everyone came out as soon as they'd be like I quit. I'm retiring. Also, by the way, I'm gay. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like mm-hmm. this really, really strong like coincidence, but yeah, it's like a really bummer strong pattern to see it, that it, yeah. that it has to be that way, that it has yeah. to be only at, at the end. Um, yeah. And, and like it, one of the things I'm really glad about is mm-hmm. that like the group of athletes that I coached, even like 10 years later, like a bunch of them didn't even, didn't even really come out because like they mm. would be, you know, 15 and in a yeah, like same sex relationship. And it's like, all right. Hard to, was... hard, hard to wrap your head around for a bunch of us 30 year olds. Yeah, 30 exactly. Plus right? Like, yeah. It's, 
it's which and that kind of thing is is heartening and i and i yeah has a story uh to to share that i think is uh, a perfect note to end on because it is there aren't a lot of role models right now in hockey i would say you know we talked about the high level um yeah at the high level thank you uh certainly at the high level now national um uh role models there are a few um i'm i consider it like i it's it's very a sense of pride i have that um so many uh members of my favorite you know canucks team in the the late aughts and and early 2010s mm-hmm. did did yeah. come out and explicitly you know like the Sedins and stuff but he, ryan kessler too like very cool that he did that even though i disagree with him on most other things good for him um you know that's like a sense of pride uh we need more people uh that that are willing to be role models and and vias has a great story about i think um like what you can look to 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 what we what we should expect from from athletes um so take take it away be awesome we'll close on yeah so article from march 23rd that's today uh by kate shefty at the seattle times the headline is we can't wait anymore fans organize pride night at seattle t-birds game so i'll uh go through the article uh with recent nhl holdouts and cancellations a motivating factor seattle t-birds fans organized their own grassroots diy pride night for tuesday's game in Kent. Some teams in the T-Birds Western in the WHL uh, host Pride events, and some don't. The Blazers wore Pride jerseys uh, throughout. I didn't know this. They wore Pride jerseys throughout an entire 6-5 victory over the Thunderbirds on Wednesday. They're cool. set to be auctioned off with proceeds going to the Safe Spaces program, uh, where youth and allies can meet and receive education support from uh, LGBTQ uh, community. Uh, despite ongoing discussions, Thunderbirds team president Colin Campbell, no relation, by the way. Well, <laughs> not the same guy, at least. Anyways, declined, yes. declined to offer specifics on why the team did, never held their own similar event in recent years. Bottom line, he said, is when we do something, we want to be impactful with it. He was happy with how Tuesday's fan-led Pride Night turned out to be uh, turned out at Excesso uh, Showwear Center. I think there's certain authenticity that came from it being from the fans. And if Campbell said, we'll absolutely 100% support doing it. Um, and it made it a little bit different in a way a lot more meaningful. Um, I'm just going to... So Auburn resident Rebecca Bauer, a former Thunderbirds intern and longtime season ticket holder, is active in fan spaces and on social media. A group chat consisting of Thunderbirds fans convened to admire the jerseys worn by the rival Portland Winterhawks, one of Seattle's closest neighbors. The group chat also noticed the full participation of the Kraken's Pride Night on March 13th. This was motivating in light of recent events involving Pride Nights in the NHL. Uh, they go on. The article goes on to describe the ordeal in the NHL. Of course, uh, words by Chicago's uh, PR and Reimer that I don't want to repeat. And so the Thunderbirds DIY Pride Night was a reaction to what fans saw as a step back in the sports discourse. Quote, having Luke Prokop on the team combined with the NHL and what's going on there, we thought, now is the time. We can't wait anymore, Bauer said. We need to make a big step and make it now. These other teams might not be making the correct steps, but we as fans can still make those steps. We're seeing the impact of the NHL saying hockey's for everyone and then taking away the jerseys or individuals not wanting to wear them for different reasons. It was really disheartening and frustrating to see that going on, knowing this was supposed to be a night that's accepting and loving and supporting of the community. 
So they went on and set a date, and Bauer said she'd reached out to the Thunderbirds defenseman Prokop, the first player on the contract to an NHL team to come out as gay, on social media to see if he was comfortable with the idea. She said, we wanted to make sure he wasn't going to feel a spotlight on him that he didn't want. Mm-hmm. On Monday, Prokop released a statement to his 22,000 Twitter followers, also calling recent NHL events a step back. Mm-hmm. He said, everyone is entitled to their own set of beliefs, but I think it's important to recognize the difference between endorsing the community and respecting individuals within it. This is the, Prokop, this is the, this is the statement. Yeah. The, the this one is that Prokop's yeah. statement. Yeah. So Prokop was on board with Bauer's idea. Bauer said the organizers began spreading word of T-Birds fan night supported by local organizations and pride tape, a company that produces rainbow stick tape. Bauer, who's a marketing worker, created logos, and the Thunderbirds sent over a rainbow logo and gave them the permission to use it. So this was team endured. Mm-hmm. Bauer estimated that she cranked out more than 100 t-shirts and hoodies and sent decals out to others who wanted to make their own clothing, and she sold them at cost. She said she had to use her boyfriend's printer and that they had to change the ink three or four times. Uh, Colin Campbell added that she worked extremely hard to pull the police piece together and did an incredible job. Bauer met with Campbell, plus members of Seattle's Game Night Ops staff and presentation department. The team ultimately didn't sell the merchandise because uh, it said Campbell said it would take more than a year's notice to arrange pride jerseys. Sure. But the organization showed its support by changing the graphics in the Jumbotron for the evening and making a pregame announcement acknowledging the event. In essence, it was an event the Thunderbirds blessed but didn't sponsor. They even mentioned, Bauer said, our fans are very creative and fun. We never have to be told what to do. We just to do, we just do it. The fact that it was pride, fan pride night was a big part of Seattle resident Ray Boggs' decision to head down for their second Thunderbirds game of the season. They picked up a flag and admired some of the fans' creations. I wasn't really sure what to expect, but I was really happy to see how many people were visibly supporting it by wearing a shirt or having a flag, Boggs said. They called the turnout by fans specifically for that night amazing. They'd heard rumors that players got their hands in some pride tape, and all of the Thunderbirds came out for warm-ups with sticks taped for the occasion. They didn't have to. It wasn't an official thing, but they wanted to show their support for their community and their te- and for their teammate, Bauer said. Prokop handed off his tape stick to a fan celebrating a birthday. A handful of T-Birds kept the rainbow tape on the entire game. Campbell wanted to say, athletes, they're very superstitious about how they tape things and what they do. It was a strong show of support pregame. The Thunderbirds ended up beating Kamloops 6-3, and Bauer noted that the Thunderbirds took some heat in social media for it not being their own event, but wanted to recognize the athletes. Bauer said that I think it's important to note that the team was on board with it. They had no reservations and gave us all the permission for logo use. Um, skimming through the rest of it, um, Bauer said that there's a template in place now. Several participants reported that the night meant a lot to them. Many people told her that the vibe in the arena and on the concourse was different. It was very loving, very peaceful. And she's hoping that in the future, maybe it can be an official event. Um, and that it's worth a little bit of hate in the comment sections. You're always going to have that no matter what you do, no matter what the event, no matter how good the team is. That's just how sports are. You're not going to be able to please everybody. You you might as well get behind events that actually matter and can make a difference. And that show this large community, hey, you're welcome here. So that was today by Kate Shefty, who can be found at Kate Shefty, K-A-T-E-S-H-E-F-T-E on Twitter at and at the Seattle Times. That, yeah. That that's great. Um, that is, I think, like, uh, it, look, if you listen to the show and you uh, you live like somewhere like, I don't know, Minnesota or whatever. And uh, and they 
where they canceled one of these pride nights or you're you're involved with a with a local team uh, or, or whatever, like. Make unsanctioned pride merch <laughs> if you have the ability to do it, you know, if if yeah. uh, if you're like organize uh, nights where uh, you all go to a game looking as gay and trans as possible, you know, <laughs> like go uh uh, definitely, if you are a fan of a team or maybe a season ticket holder, um, not if you not if you are a fan, not so much if you are a fan of the team with the homophobe on it, because uh, that can get you in trouble really quickly, especially based on what I know about like Canucks in game uh, stuff. But certainly if you are a fan of an opposing team um, and you know that you're going to go to a game and the opposing team is going to have Eric Stahl or James Reimer on it. Definitely make signs taunting them for being shitty. Um, yeah. You know, you can do these <laughs> things in, in, and you know, in the immortal words of Aaron Hernandez, be gay, do crimes. Um, that is definitely going to get me canceled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm so tired. I've been Wait, Aaron Hernandez. Like years. No, he just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Look, Google Google Aaron Hernandez crimes to find out more. Oh, okay. There we go. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> be honest, you really said that? Okay. Uh, yeah. Doc- I don't even know who that is. All right. Yeah. That could be seven different baseball players. You're right. It could be. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Patreon. Thank you. Thank you. You thank know where you. to find thank it. Thank you. You're gonna love the Patreon. You're gonna love it, folks. We're saying it more and more.